0: The views expressed in our podcast do not represent the views of all sorority organizations. You might even hear different viewpoints among MJ sorority team members featured. Real Talk intends to foster open dialogue about issues we see across the country that affect real women, and beyond these thoughts and recommendations, we would ultimately refer you back to local, state, and federal authorities, as well as your own sorority's rules and policies. While we intend to keep content light and informative, there may be insurance claims discussed that involve bodily injury and personal damage of a sensitive nature be aware that topics may be a bit graphic and even emotionally charged. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Real Talk with NJ Sorority, the voice of sorority risk management, where we talk about the big risks, small questions, and real challenges sorority women face today. NJ Sorority is the premier insurance agency for women's sororities. We are passionate about educating and empowering our clients. We believe that striving to be unique never stops by promoting safe decisions and smart risks, we can continue to create spaces for women to grow, serve, and lead. I'm Sarah. And I'm Allison. Be sure to stick around for the end of the episode where we get into what we can't stop talking about, besides sorority risk management, of course. For now, let's dive into our conversation and let's get real.
1: Today, I am here with Ruth, our favorite Ruth Acres, who... Helps us talk about event planning and all things related to event planning. Thanks for being with us, Ruth.
2: Well, thank you for having me, Allison. I don't know how favorite I am, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> are we going to are... talk about
2: special event policies today?
1: Yes, yes. So we we thought we'd talk a little bit. I know we've talked about different aspects of event planning uh, throughout our early episodes, from um, liquor liability to Um, just all sorts of things about event planning. But one question we get asked every once in a while is, uh, sometimes there's a need for a special event policy. So we're gonna talk a little bit about what that is, why you would even need one, considerations to keep in mind uh, if if that ever is something that comes up for you. And uh, hopefully there's at least a little bit of practical advice in here for you to, um, this is mostly focused, of course, on sorority events, which is our specialty, but uh, there may be a little extra information that's hopefully helpful as you kind of consider how you even insure against extra risks out there. So to start, Ruth, can you just tell us what even is a special event policy? What is sure.
2: That? Sure. A um, mm-hmm. few years ago, it became pretty evident that some of the events and um, that the chapter members were having were a little more risky than some of the headquarters were comfortable with. Some of the organizations were not comfortable with some of the risks. So after a lot of research, we were able to put together the MJ Special Event Policy. Um, It's crafted specifically for our fraternity and sorority clients. And um, you can purchase those when the national organization feels that the event would put uh, the national policy at risk. So it's not the end all be all for your event. Um, there are some state exclusions on liquor lia- liability, and some event exclusions, and they are expensive. Um, but they're expensive for a reason, and the reason is it's not a big money maker for MJ. Uh, we prefer not to write them. Um, they're to protect our sorority clients. Um, they're crafted to be the used as a last resource. Uh, if there's any way to make your event safer without having to purchase one,
1: we're all in favor of it. Got it. So what kind of events specifically would put the national policy at risk? Uh,
2: the risk could be due to the nature of the event, unfavorable contractual requirements being demanded by the venue or the vendor, uh, lack of insurance coverage
1: being carried by the
2: venue or the vendor, to name a few. Okay.
1: Yeah, got it. And that's I think that's something interesting is some people might think it's often super risky activities, which we have insured a couple of times. But it often has to do with contractual kind of coverage issues where we see just the way that things are balanced. It's not going to be in favor of the sorority um, and we want to make sure that they're, they're protected. Right.
2: Correct. It, a lot of times it's because uh, the additional insured would be providing the alcohol. Or a lot of times, unfortunately, it's because the venue that um, they've selected to use isn't adequately insured. And mm-hmm. I could get on my soapbox here, and I will just a little bit. <laughs> they'll take your money, to, and they'll serve you alcohol. But if anything happens, you're on your own. And that's just not fair.
1: But right.
2: I'll get off my
1: soapbox. <laughs> no, we like when you get on your soapbox.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can rant and rave for hours. <laughs>
1: So how does the event policy work in terms of the coverage it provides then? Okay, the MJ special
2: event policy would allow the event to occur while at the same time it provides an additional layer of protection uh, to insulate the national organization's insurance policy. Um, So in the event of a loss, the MJ special event policy would be the first policy to respond and would pay up to the policy limits before the national policy is called in if necessary.
1: Got it. So it's kind of that extra layer then. Correct. Um, Correct. So when, how would would I know then as a sorority member posting an event that we need a special event policy? Can anyone purchase one? Who is in, is it for any type of sorority event or just when my chapter advisor feels like it and tells me I should get one? When when would I know that I need one? Nope.
2: all special event policies must be approved by your national organization. Um, advisors or anyone, chapter presidents, no one really has the authority to approve that other than the national organization. MJ can't approve. MJ doesn't approve it. It mm-hmm. has to all go through the national organization.
1: Um, knowing that I would need approval, then I might be tempted to say, well, I'm just going to purchase my own extra coverage online. Maybe it's cheaper that way. Um, why do I need to go through MJ?
2: Well, and I want to add one other thing I should have mm-hmm. mentioned under who can purchase the um, special event policies. Uh, this, it, it does have to be approved by your national organization. And although it is specifically written for fraternity and sorority clients, it's for MJ fraternity and sorority clients. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can purchase these policies, it's just specifically written for our clients. Um, and As far as your question on finding an online policy, nice try, (laughs) but no. (laughs) The online event policies are for less riskier activities uh, like a wedding, um, a party at your home. They may work really well for a bride planning her wedding reception, but not for sorority women. In fact, we found during our research that the online policies exclude fraternity and sorority events. Um, they'll let you purchase the policy and it's it's perfectly legal because they are counting on you to read the fine print and in the fine print it specifically excludes fraternity and sorority events. Got it. So I could draw
1: out a whole online policy and say this is for a sorority event and they let me purchase it even though in the fine print it says you're not covered. Correct. Correct. Well that seems sneaky.
2: Uh, it is kind of sneaky, but I also think that a lot of those are not, uh, I think they're kind of, I don't know, one size fits all kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're automatically generated. So I, I don't really think that there's a person there saying, oh, I think we're just going to put the screws to this girl. Um, no. it It's nothing like that. But they do expect you to read the fine print and... I've found with just reviewing contracts with chapter members it's hard to understand what is needed and and what the what it says and when you want to have an event who wants to read the fine print
1: right well you know? that's what, that's what our job is right exactly. i mean that's why we as agents exist is because when you go to those online things it's just spitting you out kind of a broad thing that may or may not apply to you that you purchased regardless, which could be a waste of money. So even if it's a little more expensive, um, the, the whole reason for that is because we've tailored it to exactly what it's supposed to cover to make sure you're not wasting your money. Correct?
2: Correct. Correct. And there is no way you can send it to me, but there's no way I'm going to be able to make that online event policy. Work for you. There's no way. It's it's, if it's an exclusion, it's an exclusion. So Mm -hmm. my best recommendation would be don't do it in the first place. But if you are listening to this after, ask them if they'll refund it. I have no idea if they will.
1: Got it. And I know we've had some clients get frustrated by that on, on occasion too, just if they've already purchased something online and then their organization's asking them to purchase through us, they may feel like they've wasted money and they have. Correct. Um, and they we can't really do anything about that. So that's why please always come to us first. Um, and and we have those tailored policies, special event policies that are special MJ thing that we've acquired through some excess carriers, um, that are just for your organization. Um, so why, if these are considered kind of specialty policies that we've specially gotten for our clients, um, it sounds like that means it's a unique kind of coverage, uh, which is why those broad policies out there just don't apply to our clients. So I guess my last question with all that and just, If I was a sorority member going through this process, I would just think, why are sorority events so special? Why do those online policies bother to exclude us?
2: Well, they're considered riskier, um, high profile, and the nature of fraternity and sorority events, um, really due to the media, there's a fear of overconsumption. Fights, damage to premises, face it, y'all got a bad reputation, deserved or not. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, I was telling Allison, I watched a movie last night and it outlined all the bad things that happened. And so I didn't hear anything about a philanthropic event, but it outlined mm-hmm. all kinds of bad things. So yeah. uh, deserved or not, y'all have a bad reputation. <laughs> and the yeah. underwriters of the insurance policy, they have to consider these risks and whether they're willing to cover it or not.
1: Right. Right. And that's why it's, you know, anytime you work with insurance, when you work with an agent that's uh, customized to you and your industry and your activities, we can take the time to work with our underwriters to explain what you guys really are, the nature of the kind of events we're really approving, um, and try to help eliminate some of those fears, right? And it doesn't take them away completely, but it means we can at least have those more nuanced conversations to say, hey, this, you know, we're working with... Um, not some rogue groups, but organiz- chapters that have oversight from a national organization with standards, and here's the way they plan events. And there's right. hopefully going to be a lot more cooperation then um, in getting you the right kind of coverage. So if something were to happen, sometimes through negligence or something going wrong, and sometimes just through a total accident, I feel like most right. of our big claims are total accidents. This would be that extra coverage to make sure that your sorority is not taking on more legal liability um, than they should have to if something's truly an accident. So Correct. Correct. Mm, got it. Cool. Well, that's my little soapbox, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just to kind of wrap up, since I know we've talked through this from a couple angles, what here are the takeaways I'm getting. So you tell me if I'm forgetting something. But, okay. My takeaways I've gotten from this are it's important to plan ahead and give MJ Sorority that magic two-week window of notice that we asked for uh, to review this stuff for you so that we can look at any contracts, communicate with your national organization, and get approvals for this extra policy if it's necessary because we can't can't really do that for you overnight if you let us know the day before or day of, which happens. Correct. And in addition to that, no online policies um, are gonna be a good idea if you're an MJ sorority client planning a sorority event. It's just not smart to try to find that in online policies. Most, if not all of them are gonna exclude you. Um, And then finally, we hope that you will plan safer events first that by using venues which have adequate insurance coverage and checking all that, by following guidelines in place for risky activities that you don't even need to purchase this extra coverage. We don't have to mess with it. You don't have to mess with it. um, And you're just planning and doing a safer event that doesn't even need this extra layer, right?
2: Correct. And keep in mind the MJ Sorority Program has a very comprehensive policy that your national organization has purchased so, with a little planning on your part, you can avoid the extra policy and the additional cost, and mm. that's our goal, and hopefully yours too. Who's all, who's not about saving a little money and having a
1: fun event? Exactly, exactly. So, hopefully, we don't have to mess with many of these as time goes on. But we also know that there, there are contractual situations where you've kind of gotten yourself in a bind, and you say, "Well, we we really want this event. Our national organization wants to have the event. How can we?" Be a little more protected, so that's what it's for. Yep, good deal. Well, thanks, Ruth. I think we think we about covered it on special event policies. I think we can now move on to our fun segment called "Why," or not "Why," "What" we can't stop talking about. And uh, I'll let you share first. It sounds like you've got a couple um, fun things going yes. on for you well, lately.
2: I am being joined today by a special guest. Miss mm-hmm. Sophie Tallulah, she <laughs> is a 14 week old Yorkie poo, she's sitting here chewing on my fingers as we mm-hmm. speak, <laughs> so my voice kind of goes up a little bit, it's little, those little sharp puppy teeth, it's um, mm-hmm. been a long time since I've had puppy, my Yorkies lived way into their teens and this little girl I'm enjoying every minute, even the potty training, I'm thrilled mm-hmm. with her, so we'll link a picture of her in the in the show notes. And then Perfect. I wanted to mention a book that I just finished and I got it on Audible. So if you're an Audible listener, um, you might want to download this. It's a really good book. It's called A Dream About Lightning Bugs and it's narrated by Ben Folds. It is really a good book. But good. Well, I, know I know you were a huge central. fan.
1: Yes, I the, fangirl,
2: I'm, the ultimate fangirl. So well, you're I like a
1: high-status fan, 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 too. I really uh, am. I, feel like um, in the-
2: <laughs> and, I mean, it's not all, not every insurance episode, you can work something about Ben Folds into it. But I managed to do it quite only often.
1: Only with Ruth. Only with Ruth. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I'll have to check it out. And it sounds like it's neat to listen on Audible because you get to hear his voice. And we were right. saying, I, I love whenever you listen to a book um specifically one like that that has kind of personal stories or a memoir reflections and you get to actually hear the person's voice who wrote it reading it to you i just really think that makes it neat i think
2: it can make or break a book for me if it's if Mm -hmm. i get on and the voices well i i don't even want to listen but this was Mm -hmm. really fun it was just a fun listen
1: good Good, good. I'll have to check it out. I'm meeting some new, I'm kind of tired of my podcast and I need something new to listen to for sure. So (laughs) thanks for the rec. Well, I,
2: what can't you stop talking about?
1: Yeah. Well, I, you know, I feel like the nineties are cool again. All the fashion the Gen Zers are wearing is very nineties oriented. I'm seeing stuff in airports and on the streets that I'm like, is that cool again? Wow. Um, But it also includes, I feel like there've been so many dramas lately that kind of dive back into some of the big 90s scandals. Um, And specifically lately I've been watching the American crime story. I think it's season three. That's the impeachment episodes that talk about the Bill Clinton affairs and um, Monica Lewinsky helped produce it. So it's an interesting take on everything that happens and I don't think paints anybody as innocent or a hero, but um, just kind of shows how nuanced and crazy some of all the behind the scenes stuff was in that. So that sounds interesting. Well, I know, you know, Ruth, that you've helped get me up to speed on some 90s stuff that happened when I was little that I was just too young to dive into all the details. And now I'm like, ooh, tell me more about John Binet. Tell me more about OJ. Tell me more about all these crazy events that it seems like happened in the nineties.
2: We had some crazy (laughs) stuff going on. Yep. Yep.
1: So, yep. I was definitely a nineties kid. So it's been interesting to learn, just learn all the fine print and details on some of this stuff. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see it acted out in drama form. I wonder if the Clintons are watching this and what they think of it or if Uh, they ignore it at this point, I don't know, but. Yeah. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? It does make you wonder. How I know. The whole thing is, is interesting. But yeah, it's worth a watch if you have any interest in any of that or just understanding more about just all the political kind of posturing that was behind all of it and all the people involved in reporting it and making it national news and, and all this stuff. It's interesting. so I'm going to check that one out. Yep. Yep. Good deal. Well, thanks for joining me today. I think we We covered some fun stuff. We covered some important stuff and hopefully left you with some good takeaways.
2: I hope everybody, you know, get takes away whatever they need from this. And if you have any questions, of course, just contact us
1: and we'll kind of
2: walk you through.
1: And if you want more pictures of Sophie, the um, Yorkie poo, I'm sure that Ruth would be happy to indulge you.
2: (laughs) All two pounds ever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Love it.
0: All right. Well, thanks. All right.
2: Thanks. Say bye Sophie. Bye, Sophie!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us for Real Talk. We want to hear from you. If you have feedback, comments, or questions, send us an email at realtalk Visit our website mjsorority.com to learn more about who we are, what we do, and explore our huge resource library. Check out the show notes from today's episode to dig a little deeper into the topics we discussed. This has been Real Talk with MJ Rory. Be smart, be safe, and we'll catch you next time.